Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. All right, we have a big show ahead. We'll talk some AFL first up, uh, then we'll do the final siren. That's Eagles versus the Suns. What a horror game that was. And in bounce down, we will, we will review the up-and-coming game at the Gabba against Brisbane. So before we get underway, don't forget to join us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. How are you going, Dan? Yeah, not bad. Good to be here. Sad it's not under better circumstances, obviously, after the weekend. Yep. Uh, you summed it up quite well. Horrid game. <laughs> Wayne can't uh, be with us tonight. He had a prior engagement, so he's got a few things to push tonight. Uh, he's given some questions, so we'll get that into that later. Uh, let's get into some footy news before we get into the Eagles game. The Tribunal. We saw Sexton got a $1,000 fine for a high contact in Gov, and Gov got a week for a punched to the jaw of Sexton and a thousand dollars for pushing the fence. What's your, what's your views on that, man? So I'm not so much worried about Gov getting suspended. I'm like, fair enough. I'm just, where's the consistency with these things? Like, how did Sexton elect to bump, collect someone in the head, and only get a thousand dollar fine? I remember years ago, Fife was raging favourite for Brownlow. He had a bump and had a head clash, and he was rubbed out of the Brownlow. Uh, I think of uh, Nick Nat getting done, what, a year, two years ago for a dangerous tackle. Then Sean Burgoyne gets away with his tackle, and that was a pure sling tackle. Nick Nat's was just slightly in the back and free kick, and the excuse they used is that he needed, had a duty of care because he was a bigger player. So it was brought a rule in. Just no consistency, which infuriates me with the tribunals. Yeah, I'm a bit bewildered at it. Um, you know, I thought... Gov would get a week for the fence because he's done it before. Um, so lucky there. Didn't see the punch until later. Um, but, you know, the Eagles went for insufficient force. Why didn't they say the force was less than the hit to the head that Gov got? I don't think they care, sadly. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it, it definitely was. They could look at it like that punch didn't floor Sexton, but Sexton's bump. Put Gov down on his butt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so if that's the force is force. way different. I don't understand, uh, Michael Christian. You got a hard job, but man, you got to get more consistent about it. And you briefly touch on Burgoyne. Everyone in the football media, uh, even if they don't follow football, said that was a week. You well, got Steve Hocking coming out a few days later, changing or, or clearing up, clarifying what needs to be done. They should have gone back and said, "Well, no, Burgoyne gets a week." Yeah, well, that's how I feel. It's like, if I'm more than happy for that just to be a free kick. I understand they're worried about concussions, but they're picking and choosing when it is a free kick or just a suspension. And I saw a highlight reel of, or we'll call it a low light reel, actually, of the players that got rubbed out for dangerous tackles, and they were insignificant compared to that one. Yeah, maybe it comes down to who the player is and who the player was that got slung to the ground. Yeah, sadly. And I think, too, I think, and this really annoys me because you should be judged on your action, not the consequences of it, where they're going, oh, well, was he knocked out? Okay, he wasn't knocked out, it's fine. That, yeah, well, to me, it, that's not good enough. If to me, it's like out, if it's a dangerous act, weeks. yeah, if it was a dangerous act, you should be judged on the act on the footy field, what you've done. That's like, imagine you've walked up, punched someone in the back of the head, all right, and the guy's just turned around and, you know, slugged you back, but then you've knocked him out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which one's the worst act? 
but which one got at the end of the day injured more you know what I mean like, I just I find it mind-boggling really we'll talk about the hub a bit more in uh, our breakdown of the game so let's get into that now we're gonna get back to our normal format we're gonna have the final siren which is what we'll review uh, the last week's game and then we'll get on the bounce down and I've got a under the pump this week too so it's gonna be one of my favorite players so stick around for that one the final siren. All right, the final siren's back. Gold Coast ended a 19-game losing streak uh, in a big upset win over West Coast. I don't think anyone would have picked that. Um, and that was the first uh, match they've won since last year, round four. So 19 games without a win. And they get a win, and they won comfortably 14-690 to 6-10-46. Uh, Day, two goals. Raul, two goals. Ainsworth, two goals. Uh, Oscar Allen was the only one to get two goals for us. And, well, it leaves big questions for the Eagles' premiership aspirations if they're going to play like that, Dan. Yeah, well, there's so many things about this game. We let ourselves down in almost every facet of the game, I felt. Um, but I just quickly want to talk about the hubs and almost keep that separate. Yep. and then dissect the game more. I can't help but feel now, did we make a mistake? I know we didn't want to give Victorians more of an advantage, and we don't really know how it happened with the AFL if we even actually had much of a choice between Queensland because all the interstate teams weren't there. But we do not play well in that dewy kind of weather. This isn't the first time we've lost a Gold Coast up there. No. We've drawn with Gold Coast up there, and this game was so reminiscent of the Lions game last year to me, where round one last year, we played up there, it was a night game, The it was, you know, because of the humidity up there and the weather, it gets very dewy. So I can't help but feel like we're there the first half, they don't blow us away in the first half, but then as soon as the ball gets dewier, wetter, the ball gets heavier, the players are getting greasier, which isn't a great word, but it happens, then start slipping tackles. They're used to that kind of weather and their game style. So we get beaten in the second and badly. And this is the second game in a row up there that this has happened. And uh, touching on that, Elliot, you said it was like baby all on the ball. You, you trained the week before, you ran harder, you did everything harder. At the end of the day, they didn't put their heart into it, they didn't bend over, and they didn't do the basics of football. And if you cannot play in all weather conditions you got a problem i just feel our game style too with that weather is so bad they they say you know well, they need to adapt i i realize that but they say if eagles take 90 marks a game we tend to win yeah we could only take 50 and you heard oh we took 56 sorry but you heard the gold coast coast they're so used to that weather and that type of footy that he was yep just all run at the ball uh if you're going to lose contact just soccer it forward don't mind about soccer and kicking it forward so they know it's going to be there's not going to be many marks the ball's not going to be in the air for long it's going to be a grubby kind of game and they know that they know how to play that where we're just so not used to and yes we should play in all conditions but the team that plays in those conditions more will be better if you have a look at the stats overall and we're talking about it. We won the hitouts. We won the clearances. We won the centre clearances. We only just got beaten in the stoppages. And we only had three less inside 50s. But we got beaten by that much. And that tells me a story. Because when you get to tackles, I think I had it on here, we got, we were in front. And I, if you look at the game, I would have thought Gold Coast had more tackles. 
They had 38 tackles. We had 55. Yeah, see, to me, that was not an issue. Uh, pressure and um, tackling wasn't a pressure. Um, uh, one area where I don't think we let ourselves down. It did. We did start slipping and losing a lot of tackles at the end, but I'm yeah. touched that To me, it was our disposal efficiency. We went at like 66%. Yeah. You touched on... They only had three more inside 50s than us. That that was it. Three more for the game. Our scoring um, efficiency, we went at 38 on goals. They went at 70. Yeah. And I feel like these young teams, and this is what really irks me, momentum in our game, we all know how big a player it is. You can get a run on. When we were very poor and we dominated the centre clearance and we're dominating the hitouts, we were 1-5 and we had a couple of like complete misses out of bounds and they had 2-1. If we'd kicked five, six goals in that first quarter, could we have stolen momentum? And could, would it have been a young team? Would they drop their heads? Yep. But we didn't. We were sloppy and we let them play. And then as soon as it got worse and worse, the conditions, we couldn't mark, we couldn't kick anymore. It just played right into their hands. They got their tails up, they had momentum, and they just ran over us, sadly. Well, the reason I brought up tackles is because I, I put tackles as pressure. And to me, there just wasn't a none enough of it these players had no tackles at all Archie Barras and Petrol and one tackle each to Hearn Kennedy Nick Nat and Ryan and then if you go to two tackles for the whole game Brander Cripps Duggan Gov and Darling uh, all of about three of those were in the back line all the rest were in the forward line that told me the forward line did not keep the ball in there when it went in 46 times it went in straight out well, that's the thing that you couldn't mark. It was sloppy footy, and our disposal efficiency was so bad. It wasn't just like we dropped marks. It was a, a case of the ball was heavier, soggier, greasier. Mm. So we just weren't hitting targets, and that's what I was saying. We only had three less inside fifties than them, and they just like dominated. It was a forty-plus loss yeah. for three more inside fifties. That's horrible, and that's that to me was the key thing. As I said. I don't think we can hold our head high with anything we did in that game. No. But disposal fishing is what really let us down and destroyed us. Like. All right. Well, I reckon we lacked any... Like you said, we struggled to hit targets and we lacked energy. Um, and I don't know if this is correct, but I heard it somewhere. They had 10 first-round draft picks in their side and six rookie elevations. So if that's correct, in the next couple of years, if they can hold on to them, they're going to be a formidable side. Mate, it was almost comical. One passage of play, and the commentators laughed this, it was pick two to pick two, to pick one. Who got it to pick two, he kicked a goal. <laughs> that No one has that. And if they, we touched on this last week. Like We talked about how great Matt Rowell is and how great he's going to be, and he dominated best on ground. But if they can actually... No team has, not even GWS anymore, no team has all these first-round picks and top-ten picks anymore. They don't, they don't no. have it. So if they can actually keep this together, it could click and quick. But it's just, you don't have faith that's going to happen because of history with that club. Yeah. But we saw firsthand how good these kids could be. Yeah. So if they keep them together, the future's bright for them. Eagles have had the most uh, Rising Star nominations against a team, against them. And I, I said jokingly before the game to one of my friends that we don't seem to give respect to the first or second gamers. Uh, maybe that might change after Matty Rowe put on that clinic. Well, I love my stats <laughs> and I hadn't heard that one. And I think they'll have to, showing no respect for the youngsters. Because Matt Rowe, let's talk about him. His second game, 25 disposals, 14 contested, 7 tackles, 2 goals, 5 clearances. And in the third quarter, he basically 
He, he, he won them the game. He said, come with me, boys. He's just, isn't it like, because he's a Vic boy, isn't he? And isn't he yep. just so suited to the game style up there? It suits him to a T, a contested beast like that. Um, Brad Shepard today caught him a man-child. He, is, he said he wants to boy. see his birth certificate. <laughs> he reminded me so much of Hearn when Hearn first came in the comp, mm. where he was just already a ready-made yeah. footballer. Compared that to someone like Nat Fife, who was skinny and tiny, had to build that muscle, Rao's already got it. Yeah, well, this guy's going to win a Brownlow, I reckon, one day. Um, and I think a couple of the players, like Soward said, it's going to be good watching 15 years of uh, Matt Rowell playing. Yeah, and especially if you play his games like that. But his big test will come this week. He could get a tag in his only third game of footy. He will, and it's funny you mention the Brownlow because I think most people are in agreement he was best on ground. In he would break the record then for his second game, getting the three votes in the Brownlow. That's never happened before. Or <laughs> um, didn't Juddy get close? Juddy got it, but it was like round seven or something. I thought, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, we talk about Matty Rowell, his, his cohort, his best mate, uh, Noah Anderson. He had 19 possessions, one goal. Jack Bowes, another top 10 pick, 17. Jack Lukosius, another top 10 pick, 13 and one goal. Ben King, top five, I think he was. Seven marks, one goal. They were all valuable contributors, uh, contributors to the Suns, absolutely given Eagles a bath, I think. And Sam Day, he's had his injury problems, but that was one of the best games of footy I've ever seen him play. He kicked two when he had a hand in nearly every one other one. Yeah, that's it. And just, as I say, if they can just keep these plays together, that you know, for their supporters, the future is bright. It's just keeping them together. That is the key. Yeah. Right, before we get on to talk about a few Eagles players, we got a question from Instagram from Philip White Tiling. Uh, some of you might have heard him on Eagles Bat Chat getting questions all the time. He asks you this, Dan, do you think the introduction of Tim Kelly into our midfield has disrupted the team chemistry? He's a big believer in team chemistry. Uh, not at all. Like, remember, the only one that's not really paying is Hutch and... Kelly, the first half, was playing real well. Gaff was another contributor. You know, Yost got his... You were talking about tackles. He got 13 tackles. Well, I want to bring up Yo in a second, so... Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's not like the other players have lowered their head. They're still doing what mm. they're doing. And I think, you know, after a loss, these questions are asked. But after a win, no one will mention yeah. it, you know? Well, we, we talk about Tim Kelly. He asked that. He had 16 disposals and four clearances... At half time, he ended up with 24 possessions and 95 clearances. So he only had eight after half time. They put Talk Miller onto him and they had to take somebody apart. That's where people like Dom Sheed probably need to step up. And that's probably one of Sheedy's worst games I've seen him play. Um, I didn't think he got too much into it. Luke Shuey did his job again as a captain. One goal, 25 possessions, 19 pressure acts. Eight scorer involvement, seven inside fifties. I think he ended up with a cork, and that's why there's a doubt that he might play this week. Kim Hagdon said it, so if Kim Hagdon said it, he's playing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's getting close now, where you're starting to hear who's playing. Not Dusty's out, so is that's he? interesting. Yeah, rib injury, and apparently the rumours he's been carrying it for a month. <laughs> so we'll see that. But um, that's not too bad a game. I don't think anyone. Burst out the blocks this game. As I said, I don't think anyone put oh. their hand up saying they're great. But in shorter quarters, 25 disposals and a goal in the shorter quarter is actually a pretty good oh, game. Oh, that's a great game. Uh, Gaffey had 29 at 82%. Um, the 18% that he didn't get right, they were a little bombs up in the air. So he's got to get that under control. But Elliot Yo, I had I put myself through the heartache and watch the game again. 
In the first time I watched it, I didn't notice Elliot Yeo at all. But his second half, he was probably the best of our players in the second half. He ended up with, like you said, 13 tackles, 10 clearances and 21 possessions. And he had three inside 50s. Yeah, but he only went at 44%. That was his problem. He's second now in the competition for this season for Clangers. Like, that's what killed us. It wasn't, can we get hands on the ball? That wasn't our problem. It, can we get inside 50? Again, that wasn't our problem. Can we win clearances? Again, that's not our problem. Can we tackle? Again, that's not our problem. We won the tackle. The ground it, ball. It was the gr- exactly the ground ball, and then the, our disposal efficiency led us down so bad. And we've been 18th in ground ball for the last three years, yeah. and in the first two games, we're 18th again. So we have to turn that around before we hit Brisbane. Just before we get into the Brisbane uh, game, uh, what do you think of Nick Natanui's performance? Because he had 36 hit-outs. And, you know, we were plus eight from stoppage clearances because of him. Um, but was he consistent enough? Uh, Wayne had something to put in there, didn't he? Yeah, Wayne wanted to talk about that he's consistent. He feels he's not consistent enough. And I find that's the same with all players. But to me, I don't judge his game purely, I suppose. I, f- I feel we w- he won the tap-outs. He actually dominated tap-outs. We won the clearances, and it's because of his tap-out work. I feel in a loss he's judged a lot harsher because if he had the exact same stats he had but then our clearance were way more effective and it led to goals because I think he had something like seven clearances or seven contested disposals yeah. sorry so seven contested so he didn't get easy ball either um, so I wasn't actually too worried about his game um, you, you touched on Sheed and I feel Redden is in the same boat Sheed had 90, I suppose Redden had 18. And a lot spoken about Brander and his 12. But I'm more crucial to players like Sheed and Red and the mature age players. I want more out of them. 18 disposals and 19, it's not really good enough. A young kid, I want to keep in the side with disposals, give him that game time so he can improve, can get better. The ones that are at their peak of their careers, and it's not like Sheed now is coming to his peak and Redden's in his peak. Mm. They need to produce. The second-tier plays the ones you need to lift. We can't rely on Kelly. We mentioned Kelly earlier yeah. with the question. You can't rely on... Sh- Gaff's going to get his disposal. He's going to yeah. be quite clean. Shuey's going to do what he means. But it's our second-tier second that need to up. lift. Yeah. And that's what Gold Coast had. Their highest disposal getter was only 26 disposals, yeah. but it was such an even playing field. It didn't go... Your stars then dropped off. Well, he said, Red, and I didn't even notice him until half-time, so... He had a horror so game. Like, he had a horror game. Um, and you br- I'm going to bring up Brandon because you just... Bought him up, and he had 12 possessions. And I'm going to speak about him in bounce down when we talk about Brisbane because I wanted to drop him, but maybe I'm a bit too hasty in that. But he gave two of the worst errors I've seen in football. When you kick it into the middle of the ground, you've got to hit a freaking target. And yeah. two of his didn't even make it and resulted in two goals. On that, he needs to learn from that. Um, I don't know. He had all the time in the world, and he picked that up and... They were just two crucial errors at crucial times. Well, And it was him on the end of it. That's the story of the tape of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. I saw that so many times, and that's what killed me. And I've harping on it, disposal efficiency again. It kills you. I always say, bad kicking is bad footy. Yeah. But you said learn from that. And that's exactly why I don't want him dropped. He's saying, like, I want him to learn from that mistake. I want him to get better. Um, I've talked about before in 2008, we stuck by Venables. Hopefully he's gone good with his concussion and obviously won't see him again this year. No. I wouldn't mind us taking that approach with a couple of these younger players to see what they can do. Oh, well, they're going to have to. All right, well, that's enough on uh, the Suns and the Eagles. I've got to give full credit to the Suns. They 
came to play to win and they won and it was good to see those guys smiling that's been a long time for them if they can keep that group together they're going to be a formidable team in the future but that's a big if um, and the big test will probably come this week in their follow-up game um, let's get on to another little segment we haven't done for a while um, so don't take this the wrong way <laughs> Under the pump. Alright, the first under pump for the season. Um, and this time it's going to be an Eagles player, one of my favourite players, Jack Petricelli. Against the Suns, he had eight possessions at 37% efficiency, five kicks, three handballs, one goal, two points, three score involvements, no tackles. Doesn't sound too bad. Over the two games, he's averaging seven possessions a game, one goal a game. Last year, he averaged 10 possessions a game, so only seven kicks, and basically he got averaged one goal a game. For me, he needs to do more. As a small forward, he has a speed, he's one of the fastest in the comp, and when you're playing ground ball, he's got to be at the ground, not too far away from the ball. He doesn't put himself in the right positions at uh, marking contests and he just doesn't get himself in the right spot to get the ball. He's too reactionary and he needs to find the ball, get the ball and run with it and use what he has got which is speed and just get that hard ball and just keep peppering the goals, keep going for it. Um, he seems when he gets the ball sometimes he's in two minds and you just got to get some confidence mate go for it. No one's going to have a go at you for having a go and I don't know if you're going to agree with that, Dan, but he's one of my favourite players. I'm a small forward and he just needs to do more. Well, we normally agree with most things, but I actually disagree. Um, I agree with he's got a lift. Like, that wasn't a great effort, but he wasn't alone. In fact, I think he had a superior game to most of them. In fact, he was our second leading goal scorer for the game. Oscar Allen is the only player to kick more. Yes, I wanted him to convert. Yes, disposal vision is bad, but that was across the board. Yep. We mentioned Joe earlier at 44%. He had more disposals and had a bigger impact on the goals than Kennedy. Darling. Liam Ryan failed to kick a goal, but he actually he's the only one up forward that had more disposal. Jamie Cripps had less disposals, less impact on goal, less inside 50s. Every stat was lower. And this is getting back to kind of where I mentioned Brander where I want these younger kids in, uh, I want to give them a go, and it's easier to have a go at the younger kids than it is sometimes senior players because they've got the run on the boards. And I like it. I'm not having a go at him. I just reckon... He's under the pump. <laughs> he's under the pump, and he needs to do more to hold his um, hold his spot. You talked about Venable just before, and we backed him. And, and you know, I'm willing to back um, Petra. Um, but he just needs to do more. Um when you got a guy like Jared Cameron that's probably coming in off injury, I think he is more damaging than Petrol is. And if Petrol wants to keep his spot, Jared Cameron's the one that could take it from him. All right. So I don't disagree with that at all. If Rioli was obviously playing, if Jeremy Cameron wasn't injured, I believe it was osteitis pubis or it's a groin injury. So I, I think he's available that. this week. Well, let's hope so, but it might take a while to get fit. Yeah. So I don't know. His running program's been like... I think they would be ahead. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that at all, but I feel like, see, this is the thing. He needs to take. Well, he needs to take it by the yeah. by the horns, oh, as they say. No, they. Everyone needs to lift that. I agree time, with 100. His time is now. Why Rioli is out? His time is there to shine, and he just needs to do it more consistently. And you know, when he hey, look when he kicked that five goals last year, 
Brilliant. That was brilliant. Um, he's kicked three goals in a game. But there's too many games where he's just getting little bits here and little bits there. When it comes in the forward line, be that... I don't know. It's I don't want to use film material as an example, but be that angry ant that's around there that's going to cause problem like Charlie Cameron does at the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, see, the thing is, things didn't work for him and the sportsmanship was bad, but I like the fact... He was attacking the goals. I think he missed one complete. No, he didn't miss. He got cut off early because yeah. it was far out. And then he got the goal, and then he missed twice, okay? But he went through that stage where I think Jeddah pulled him aside and said, no, just go for goals. If you miss, you miss. Yeah. Where he was getting reactionary and trying to pass or set up a teammate instead of going for it. See, I like that aspect of this game where he was going for it. And one day it will click sometimes, and there is luck in footy. Let's be honest. And the best example of this luck, it was not goals, but we talked about the Suns kicking and just soccering it forward. Yeah. So many times luck was on their side because there is luck in footy where there was a blind soccer, but it went to a, yeah. it bounced up into it. They didn't even have Ben pick up ball. It flicked yeah. up into a Gold Coast hands. That's just pure luck. And one day he will get that where he's just hitting them flush. And it, we've touched on he has kicked three goals, he has kicked five goals, and he will have those days. I'm just doing it because I know every time I say something like this, somebody comes out and proves me wrong, and I hope he does it this week. Yeah, well, let's hope so. And I'm more reactionary with these things because it's not so much what you said. It's social media in general. The young kids are the first ones to get jumped on. Yeah. People aren't going to abuse Sheed, and we all know he is actually one of my favourites. Legit, one of my favourites. Yeah, <laughs> great nickname. And Redden as well. Then they will pick on Brander. Yeah. But Brander's a young kid. Now they're not going to pick on Cripps because Cripps is one of the great small forwards in the conference. So underrated. Well, that was but Cripps. I reckon his stats for this season so far would be worse than yeah, Petrosalli's. You know yeah. what I mean? But no one's mentioning Crips, but they'll mention Petrosalli. The only reason I'm not mentioning Crips is because I'll bring it up in the next game, in the next slot. I did not realise. I should <laughs> read ahead. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the bounce down. It's bounce down. All right, the Eagles take on uh, Brisbane at the Gabba 5.40 on Saturday night. And we briefly just said Jamie Cripps's name. Well, he plays his 150th game for the Eagles this week. Ooh. And Andrew Gaff plays his 200th. God, hasn't... Um, well, congrats to Cripps first, but hasn't Gaff just been a machine? Apart from a certain suspension, which we won't talk about. He just... He, he's so fit. He doesn't miss games. His body holds up so well. Touch wood that it continues. Because what is he, 28? Yeah, look, he's and got... already 200 games? That's not bad. He'll reach another... He'll, he'll do another 100 easy if he saves I think Eagles. so. I reckon Hearn or he might be our first... That's uh, if he stays. game players. Now, let's have a look at the last five times we met. The last time we played Lions, we briefly talked about it in the final. Siren were beaten humbly by 34 points at the Gabba in 2019. Uh, before that, Eagles won their game before that at the Gabba in 2018, so we can win, but I think that was an afternoon game. I don't think it was a night. Um, and all the rest of the games, uh, Eagles 68 points at CB in 2017, and in 2016 they played them twice, once at the Gabba for a 49-point win to the Eagles and a 64-point win in round, 16, uh, round one in 2016 at CB. But that's a long time gone because half of, uh, well, most of Lions' team probably ain't playing from back then. And neither Subi. It's yeah, gone too. Subi, yeah, that, gone. that doesn't exist. Um, so it's going to be interesting. So like you said, we haven't won there. Well, we haven't won the last one against Brisbane and we haven't won the last three against Suns up there. Uh, our injury list is Cameron's a test. So like you said, 
depends on how much match fitness he's got into him. Um, Hutchings has had a setback to his knee. So it was two to four weeks. It could be six to eight now. Um, that was just on the radio on the way up here. Uh, Mitch O'Neill, he's got a back problem. So he's still in Tasmania with his family. And Venables, as we know, he's in Victoria with his family with concussion and he's out for the season. So I, I, I was thinking about him a lot, actually. And um, I just hope we see him back next year. Like, obviously, you've got to take care of his health. A year out's the best thing. And he'd thrive in that up at the... Um, yeah, yeah, he's got. I don't know. I felt like he had a bit of that dog spirit about him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he wasn't the cleanest player at forward, but he gave it his all and put his body on the line. And we'll, I, I felt like we we're just getting on that cuffs, ready to see him break out. I really thought he was there, and then Gorn knocked him out. I just hope he gets back for one reason, and don't take this wrong, listeners, because you're probably going to disagree with me. But there's a lot of players, people out there, they're going to go. Well, why did we pick him over Sam Bell Pepper? You know what I mean? And that's the reason I want him to get back. So people like that don't go, oh, we stuffed up with that pick. Well, we didn't stuff up with the pick. It's disposal efficiency. Mm. That like It comes back to that. We are a kicking marking side. And then it comes back again to the hubs of why I'm not liking up there. Because we are a kicking side, kicking marking side. Yeah. We O'Neill, one of the yellow young players we picked, we picked them because they got elite skills. O'Neill was the best player by foot in the draft, yeah. and we picked him because of that reason. Um, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. you're not Mitch O'Neill. Yeah, before we um go into too much detail, just so people know, we did have a reserves game scratch match yeah. with the Gold Coast Suns, and from all accounts, thank thank you the Gold Coast Suns too because they actually let a lot of their junior players come and fill in because yeah, being in the hub, we didn't have enough players to field a team. Two two players each quarter. Don yeah. Eagles jumper, yeah. they get the red shorts on. And um, they did. Uh, they apparently they played quite well too. These young players played real well. Ainsworth played well. Like all our youngsters, Foley played on the wing, which is great to see. They've pushed him up because that's where his position is. And yeah, they did us quite proud from what I've heard. The only thing I didn't like what Hitman said is uh, we didn't keep score. Bullshit. They keep score. I don't think. To be honest, we didn't have. It was full, pretty close. We didn't have a full squad. I'd, I'd, I'd go on a limb and say we didn't win, but you couldn't win with half a squad. Yeah, it was pretty close, but you know, I think we did okay. Um, look, uh, we all know Gov's out suspended, so he's going to learn from that. And you know, my my uh, thing towards that is put all your aggression into the game and getting the ball instead of uh, hitting somebody next time, Gov. So he's going to go out. So obviously somebody's going to come in. Um, apparently Rothman played really good in the scratch match. Uh, Schofield was the emergency. So who comes in for him? All right. Um, shout out to Nathan Kitney and Darren Giddos. They actually mentioned this. Like They were suggested... Because I think they're in the same mindset as me. It's like they're worried about this dewy weather because it's wet weather footy even without the rain. They're saying, do we bring in a Rothamore or younger? So shout out to them. They've had that thought. But to be honest, it's going to be Schofield. It's got to be Schofield. We can't have Barras as the main tool. If Barras is our only tall defender and he goes down, and I know Duggan, I know Shepard, I know him yeah. play bigger than they are. But if Barras is not going to go down, you know, thank, it'd be a nightmare if he did. But if he did, we've only got one tall defender. We well, would not do that. Well, Barras was nearly a late out against the Suns. Oh. He had a cork. And Schofield wasn't allowed to stay at the game as soon as the bell went, went, got bounced. He had to go back to the hotel. Oh, that's ridiculous. But this week that's changed because they've got 2,000 people allowed to go. So if you are an Eagles fan and you're listening to this up in Brisbane, go and get some tickets because there'll be a couple of hundred there. Um, 
I said in the other segment I dropped Brander, so I'm going to take that back. Got to keep him in. But if Schofield comes in, can you move the team around to give Duggan or Nelson, maybe put Brander back and Duggan and Nelson up onto the wing as a shutdown role or something? Or does that make our back line too tall? Could make us too tall. Um, I, I, I personally want to persist with him on the wing. I want to see if he can make that position his. If yeah. he can't, then we have to look, because he is a swinger and backman. Uh, Duggan is a midfielder. We drafted him as a midfielder. Yeah. He trained a lot uh, with Sam Mitchell when Sam Mitchell was coach. As a midfielder, got great running capacity. Nelson has table for it, and he's dominated table, but he's not attacking me, and his disposal efficiency is not great. So if it's not a 100% tagging role, I wouldn't want him in the mid, because... I feel this is why Hutch isn't getting a game either. Is Yoey being such a good offensive and defensive player? He's getting the half tag, the tagging roles. Right. He does it on Fife and these other ones. Yeah, look, I, I'm a real big fan of Nelson, so I hope they keep him in the team. Up forward, look, if Cameron is fit, I say bring him in, especially with these conditions up there. Um, but for him to come in, that means somebody like Archie would have to go out. Well, we didn't mention Archie, but no impact on the scoreboard at all. Three disposals, yeah. no tackles. That's not good enough. Um, he did right in the first game. Played um, brilliantly the first game. Yeah. So, look, who knows? Um, they might keep him in because his brother's in there. Who knows? I don't think sibling rivalry is going to count. But, you know, um, who knows if Cameron's fully fit to play. But if he is, they've got to chuck him in there. Look, players to watch at Brisbane, look. Last year, they finished... What Did they end up finished top four? They, yeah, yeah, they finished four. second on the ladder. So um, they've got some great young kids that have come through their system now. Um, since, you know, Yo and Doherty and all that left, you've got Lockie Neal that they got up there last year. He's been great for them. Uh, Hipwood, he's... They've got some really good names, Hipwood. Zorko. Um, Zorko, Charlie Cameron again. You've got Stefan Martin's going to have a good tussle with Nat Nui in the ruck. Uh, they got Jared Lyons. Now, he was probably the pick of last year's recruits, when you think about it. Um, couldn't get a game with the Suns and had a great game games with um, Brisbane. The guy I, I like watching is uh, Hugh McLuggage, real good footballer. So, hopefully, you know, Eagles aren't going to have it easy, but Brisbane aren't going to have it easy as well, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. The, they've got to be hurting as a squad, as a team. It hurt watching that as supporters. Mm. And that's what people got to say. Imagine what it felt like being a player. Well, apparently Simo went off his nut at three quarter time. And then in the rooms afterwards, he went off his nut as well. So it's going to hurt. It's going to burn. Harris Andrews is a good player. The Eagles are going to... All Australian. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. So, you know, our forwards are going to have to present themselves a bit better. Jack Darling, you will come under the pump if you keep fucking doing chest marks and they're bouncing off your chest, going 10 metres away from you. Take the ball out in front, mate. Honestly. He's got such good hands. I think, oh, I think get... he gets slammed for dropping a mark here there, so he likes to do chest marks thinking they're safer. But he's got such good hands. It's it's a fallacy that he hasn't got. Uh, in 2018, before he got injured, he was leading the comp for contested marks. And this is in a squad with McGovern. He, he, he was leading the entire comp. He's a great mark when he's got his hands out in front. Exactly. And I just don't know why he goes for the chest all the time, but it drives me crazy. It drives a lot of um, fans crazy. There's one guy that I watched Brisbane when they got over the line against uh, Fremantle, and that's why it gives me a little bit of hope that Eagles are going to snatch his one. Is 
the look of young Brandon Stasevich. I don't know if you watch a game, but he's going to be a star of the future for Brisbane. So we talked about Gold Coast not winning um, since round four last year. Well, it's funny. Lions were having a little bit of a... Yep. Uh, I think that was their fifth game, and it was their f- only win in five games. So they had a little bit of a down patch. And they were too. lucky they got that win. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We spoke about Gold Coast a little bit, but they played brilliant footy. They play better looking footy than Brisbane is. Yeah. But I am very, very worried about how our squad plays up there because it's just so different to our style of play. It's a Richmond, it's a Collingwood style of play, you know? Yeah, it's the ugly ball. Um, where's this game going to be won? Where, who, who can we exploit? And will it be a ground ball, ugly ball game? It has to be our forwards. It's going to be a sloppy game. Dana, you, you said this yourself. They need to lock that ball in because we actually got it in surprisingly enough into our yeah. forward 50 to win that game. And years ago, that's what we're known for, capitalising in minimal entries. When it went forward, we scored. So statistically, we didn't get in as much, but we capitalised. That's, that's what this game's going to win. Darling needs to kick a few. Kennedy... Not even a few, two. Darling kicks two, Kennedy kicks two, Cripps kicks two, Petrocelli answers, and he's only got to kick one. He's not, you know, he's not the leading forward. If he can kick one, if Ryan can kick two, you've already got 11 goals. Yeah. And then everyone else just chips in. That's another thing with uh, Liam Ryan. He might come under the pump as well. well <laughs> I'm lining the ball up. Yeah. When you're kicking at goals, kick through the fucking ball. Yeah. Um, don't try and stab it because um, you're a good goal kicker, mate, but... He what did he end up with one goal two as well I think no he failed to or score or three so three behind and yeah. that could have all been goals so got to capitalise um, uh, we don't like saying this but can the Eagles win mate or will oh they no win? you asked me that question we can beat any team on our day yeah. I am very very worried now because I'm not judging this off the one Gold Coast team like no. we said we have trouble up there and I thought it. Like, this was past us. And it's like if a scientist does an experiment. If it happens once, they don't say, oh, this is the results. they got to do that same experiment and get the same results several times to prove their hypothesis kind of thing. That's us now. We've played up there enough now and lost enough up there to now me think we can't play in that where I'm worried. We need to flick that switch and we have to learn how to play. And our forwards need to stand up because it's not going to be like how they normally play. And they're not going to get the service they normally get. All right, I'm going to ask you this question. And I said, I don't know if it's possible. You probably just already have. If the Eagles come out of the hub one and four or two and three, is it the end of the season for them? Is it going to be hard for them to get back top four? No, because as I said, you don't want to be in that position. But to be honest, right now, if we could win two hub games, I would actually be happy because from all accounts we're going to get another hub in Western Australia. Yeah, five games. And if that happens and we can win four out of five games, suddenly we're thereabouts with everyone else. Right. And we wouldn't be going back to the Gold Coast where we have or Queensland in general, sorry, where we have these atrocious games so often. Yeah, I'd love to know if we did have a chance to play in Victoria because um, I would have thought Playing at the MCG as much as possible would have been a benefit to us. So I can't see there was a hub thing for Victoria. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Because he made the comment, but I think it was a tongue-in-cheek comment, we didn't want to give the Vicks any more advantage, which yeah. makes sense. That was media but driven. I don't know if it was very much their COVID cases are still so high yeah. and that a lot of clubs agree to go there. 
So AFL said all interstate clubs now have to go there, which isn't really fair when it should have been South Australian Perth where we have the mo- least amount of cases. Yeah. Should have been hubs there. The Vic should have gone five to South Australia, five to Perth. Yeah. You could have come here and it could have been done, but as we know, it's uh, not the AFL, it's the VFL. Um, before we finish off tonight, it's a bit of a shorter show, but not much shorter. Did you do your final eight? Mate, after the weekend's game, no idea. <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on. And let's not beat around the bush here. Only three of last year's top eight registered a win. Yep. There are teams like that are tipped to be premiership favourites or up thereabouts. Yep. Bulldogs, people really like them. They've gone right downhill, let's be honest. Like they're embarrassing bottom of the ladder. Um and some people liked it. I thought it was a trophy. I have never seen such a bad game of footy in so long from Richmond and Collingwood either. You know oh, what I mean? And was... they are the premiership favourite. That was atrocious. If you can only kick one goal in three quarters of footy, even though we play terrible, we beat them. That was <laughs> Our shocking. score was better yeah. than both teams. Like, Let's hope uh, this week's footy is a lot more entertaining all around. Did you know that Hawthorne on the weekend against Cats was the oldest team to ever play a game of football no, I in didn't. AFL. Um, and there's been a lot of talks there. And I think we brought this up on a podcast a long time ago where I said I don't like what Alistair Clarkson's doing with the hooks now where they're just trying to recruit players in and they've been doing it in a while. Like The players they're bringing in are quality players, but they've gotten rid of all their youth and it's really showing now. Sicily's a good young player, but they've got no... like. Yeah. Name another good young player, and I mean like well, young yeah. player. No, I, they I don't. Can't. They don't have them. No. They do not. They gave Burgoyne, um, not Burton, sorry, was one of their best coming through. They gave up them, and Rosie was the pick they gave up with Burton to get Chad Wingard there. Right. So that's what they've been doing. They've yeah. been what's the saying? Throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They yeah, have. Yeah, so look, I can't. Not see. surprised they're the oldest team. They hadn't played down there for fourteen years, but that doesn't help. Um, uh, that, I was just surprised that they were the oldest team to ever graze a football field, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're in a bit the of Eagle, trouble. Eagles were pretty close too. But anyway, um, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll um, come back next week. Hopefully Wayne can come in and hopefully we're uh, singing the song a bit more um, and hopefully the Eagles, you know, put up a better a better game than that what they put up against the Suns. Let's hope so. Let's hope they prove me wrong and show they can play up in Queensland in that hub. All right, guys, uh, join Eagle Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download the shows from a multitude of podcast platforms. SoundCloud is our preferred, but there's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castro, Apple Podcasts. There's heaps of them. And we're also a podcast page on um, Facebook called Podcast Central, so we put the show up there as well. So until next week, guys, um, let's hope we come back with a win. Fingers crossed. Thank <laughs> you.